Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. Riverside Church is a community of believers striving side-by-side for the gospel in the greater New Orleans area. For more information about Riverside Church, go to riversidelife.org. Let's go ahead and take our Bibles and turn to, turn to Psalm 103. Uh, we're doing a one, uh, one, se- one sermon uh, for Thanksgiving. Um, so we finished our Ecclesiastes series last week. Um, today we will do Psalm 103 in a sermon titled, Forget Not All of His Benefits, as we come to Thanksgiving week. And then next week we will start our Advent series called The I Am in the Manger, talking about the I Am statements of Jesus and who Jesus is. And so today we'll look at Psalm 103. What are you thankful for? What are some things that come to mind that you say, I am thankful for this? There was an old hymn that we used to sing. It's called Count Your Blessings. You remember that? Count Your Blessings, name them one by one. Count Your Blessing, see what God has done. I love the first verse of the hymn. It says this, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Have you been in that habit before where you're discouraged or and gotten to the habit of remembering one by one what the Lord has done? I had, a, I had a moment like this this morning. I was thinking, trying to think of an illustration, didn't have an illustration, but the Lord gave me one this morning. I'm sitting in my office, you know, getting ready, uh, praying through my sermon, thinking through it for the final time, and then I realize, I, ha- I hate to admit this, but I had some old baptism certificates from like five or six years ago. I'd put them on a clipboard so that they would not get wrinkled. And then I put them between my filing cabinet and my desk. There's a little, a little space that I kind of fit them in there to protect them so I didn't spill coffee on them so I could give them to the people after they were baptized. And it got lost behind my filing cabinet. And this morning it, it came to be. And so I pulled that out, and I'm remembering all the people that have come through this church that we had the opportunity to baptize and see to come to faith. And one by one, looking at those names, I was praising the Lord. Thank God for what you have done in their lives. It was a wonderful moment. I hate that it took me so long to find those certificates, but I praise God that I got to experience, count my blessings, name them one by one. Have you experienced something like that before? Maybe you're discouraged and you're wondering if God loves you. You're wondering if there's anything to be thankful for. And you start to think and remember, yes, God has been faithful to me. It's hard for us to stop and remember our blessings because we get so busy. It's hard for us, perhaps in the stage of life you're in right now, because you're always looking forward to something, perhaps you're missing something, and it's hard to stop. Even as parents, it's hard to stop and say, God, God, thank you for these moments. And maybe that's a bit of you this morning, that you're having a hard time stopping and thanking the Lord for all the blessings that he has done for you. Maybe you know your blessings. Maybe this is a bit of you. Maybe, maybe you know your blessings, but something in your soul seems to be perhaps asleep. Like it's not causing your heart to rejoice like it once was. Perhaps your, your heart is in a bit of a slumber, and, and this morning we're going to get this wonderful psalm from David. Some call it the, the apex, the peak of his praise in the psalms as he praises the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, for all that he has done for me. Forget not his benefits. 
It's easy to forget. It's easy to be discouraged. It's it's easy to start to feel entitled. Perhaps all of these things that you once considered a blessing you think you're kind of entitled to at this moment. And it's caused your soul to stop singing in thanksgiving for what the Lord has done for you. Maybe when you were young and newly wed, you were thankful for a a meal out. And now you think you kind of deserve that meal out. And you forget the joy of simple things like the Lord has provided food for you to eat. I, I would imagine David, at time, had difficulty counting one by one the blessings of the Lord. Wouldn't you think so? He was the last one of the sons that they thought would perhaps be king. They couldn't imagine that this young shepherd boy who was out in the field would actually be the one that Samuel was saying, this is the one who will be king. Perhaps he felt left out at times. Maybe you can remember when David was being chased, trying to take his life. What blessing is there in this? Perhaps you can remember David committing the sin with Bathsheba, wondering, look what I have done. I have wasted everything that the Lord has given to me. I don't know where you are this morning, but perhaps you can identify that in some way, shape, or form. Perhaps you just need to start writing right now. Thank God for this. Thank God for this. Get a notebook and you start writing the blessings of the Lord to remind you. Here's here's how we're going to go through Psalm 103 this morning. First, we're going to see that David is praising the Lord for what he has done for him. This personal praise that is rising up all of what God has done for him. And then the second part of this psalm, we're going to take a a minute to talk about who God is. Because all these blessings that David is enjoying is not because of who David is, it's because who God is. And then finally, we're going to see at the end of the psalm, he's in return to this frame, bless the Lord, O my soul, praising God and saying, let all of creation rejoice with what God has done. Not just me, but let everyone rejoice in what God has done. The first thing that we're going to see is, as I mentioned just a second ago, is David is going to thank him for what he has done. So point number one, thank the Lord. If you are in Christ, thank the Lord for what he has done for you. Let's read it again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Like I said a minute ago, some describe this psalm as the, the mountaintop of praise. Bless the Lord and all that is within me. I love how Charles, Charles Spurgeon described this passage. He described this as the, the soul music of those who have experienced the benefits of Christ. Something deep in your, in your soul. This is not just lip service. This is something that is springing out of his very soul. In the very depths of David, what's causing his heart to be thankful? What's causing his heart to rejoice? There's all the things the Lord has done for him. This is a praise that's experienced no matter our circumstances, no matter what we're walking through. This is a praise that rises from the depths of our being. This is a praise, bless the Lord, O my soul, that takes over our entire lives. This is what David is describing there. And I don't know about you, but when I come across a passage like this, that that little phrase, I have a hard time with it, bless the Lord. I always stop there and I'm like, we're going to bless the Lord? So when I think about blessing, the Lord has blessed me by providing all of the benefits that he has provided for us, right? And so, I bless, so the Lord blesses me. Am I saying, I'm turning around and saying, God, you're, you kind of need something up there. And so let, let me bless you, Lord. 
Let me, <laughs> that should make you chuckle a little bit. Let, let me bless you because you need something. Is, is that what David's crying out? Bless the Lord, oh, oh, bless the Lord. Look at me. Praise God for me. Thank you, Lord. Let me bless you. What David is saying here as he goes through this song, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's speaking about the goodness of God, the greatness of God that comes from his soul. Blessing God with the mouth without the soul would be hypocrisy. And so bless the Lord. So what does it mean to bless the Lord? It means to speak well of his greatness and goodness. It's almost synonymous with praise. In fact, Psalm 34, verse 1, puts them together like this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And so what we're saying when we're describing this this soul music of of blessing the Lord, oh my soul, this is saying that we are crying out from the depths of our soul, out of our mouth, God, you're good. God, you're great. God, you have blessed me continuously, and I want to praise you and say, thank you, God. And he's saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Perhaps we can say it like this. Remember what God has done. Perhaps you already come to Christ and these benefits have been applied to you in Christ Jesus. And so he's saying, don't forget them. So in other words, to say that in another way, in a positive way, remember what the Lord has done. Sometimes our memory fails us, right? Sometimes we just forget. It was in Judges that we are told that a generation would rise up who did not remember that the Lord had delivered them. Don't forget what the Lord has done for you. Remember it. What's at stake the next generation? If we rise up, my generation, and proclaim with our lives, not this soul music, but that something else is more important, we're communicating something to the next generation, and we are at risk of the next generation rising up, forgetting what the Lord has done, because that has not been the song of our souls. And what's at stake is we can end up like the judges. That one generation rise up, forgetting what the Lord has done. Brothers and sisters, for the sake of the next generation, let us remember what the Lord has done and celebrate what the Lord has done in our homes and in our lives. Don't forget what the Lord has done. Sometimes our memory, not only do we forget things, sometimes our memory can get a bit skewed. The example I use often is that I remember as a kid that McDonald's tasted really good. Like on Wednesday nights when we didn't have time to go home after church and we got the treat of going to McDonald's, I was feeling pretty good about my life, right? They had like fried shrimp, you know, during Lent every once in a while, and I just felt like that was money, man. Have you ever experienced? Go taste it now that you've grown up a little bit. If I eat McDonald's now, I'm I'm feeling it for about three or four days until I finally recover from all of what goes on in there. (laughs) The people of Israel were just like that. Numbers 11.5. Remember the food we had when we were slaves? When we were oppressed in Egypt? Do you remember that? Let's forget that the Lord has delivered us and carried us across the Red Sea in a place that we can worship him. Do you remember the, 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 the leeks? Do you remember the meat? Do you remember all that we had, the, the garlic and, and all of those good-tasting things that we had in oppression? 
Their memory is skewed. And so the challenge here is don't forget his benefits. Don't let your memory get skewed where you start believing that living a life of sin, living a life of oppression, living a life of slavery is something that you want to go back to. Sin will eat you up. It'll destroy you. It's because of sin that death entered the world. Sin will kill you. But we remember it like it's something that we should go back to. Like it's something that we should desire. We get tired of the manna from heaven. Yeah, I realize that all this manna from heaven, but it's the same thing every day. It's the same old gospel that God's providing for us each and every day. Don't get tired and let your memory get skewed. Remember, bless the Lord, praise his name. Don't forget him. Don't let your memory get skewed. And remember that the soul music, as Spurgeon described it, This revival in our souls sometimes starts with simply remembering. Simply naming those blessings one by one. Sometimes thanksgiving deep in our soul begins with just remembering one by one what the Lord has done. Do you hear what he describes here? What has the Lord done? He has, forget not all of his benefits. So remember, verse 3, he forgives all your iniquity. Can you imagine the soul music that rises out of David? In all that he has done, he has committed adultery and he sent the husband of the one with whom he committed adultery out into battle in order to get him killed. I forgive all your iniquity. Maybe there's something in your life now, right now that's kind of hanging over you. God, can you forgive that? Forget not his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Sing of his goodness. The Lord forgives. This is what he has done for you. Don't forget that. The Lord heals. Do you see what else he says? He forgives all of your iniquities and he heals all your diseases. Now, now we could go to Isaiah 53 and kind of see what the Lord is talking about here when the Lord forgives our disease, for, heals our diseases. It says, we esteemed him stricken. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds, we are healed. He heals us from sin. He heals us from brokenness. And those of us who are in Christ Jesus, he will wipe away every tear. And if he doesn't heal you on this side of eternity, you will be healed forevermore. That's the promise for all of those who are in Christ Jesus. Remember the benefits of that. How we pray that God would heal folks of whatever disease it might be on this side of eternity. But you are promised in Christ Jesus, forget not his benefits. He will heal you for eternity. What's more, look at verse 4. The Lord redeems. The word here that... David is using this idea of redemption. He redeemed your life from the pit. It revolves, it involves some sort of payment for that life. Some sort of way that we have to make it right. In, order, in other words, you are guilty. In order to be redeemed, God is just. He must make that right. Either he must absorb the cost or make you pay the cost for what has gotten you in the pit. Forget not his benefits. The Lord rescues us from death itself. 
By forgiving us, the Lord has saved us from the death penalty, what we deserve. Glory be to our great substitute who has redeemed us from the pit by going down into the pit himself. Forget not his benefits, brothers and sisters. Sometimes soul revival begins by simply remembering what the Lord has done. And there's more. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. The Lord makes us part of his royal family. You are a kingdom of priests. You are a holy nation. In our culture, we tend to get crowned with some sort of achievement that we have accomplished. But the crown that the Lord puts upon us is he crowns us with his steadfast love and mercy. So what our life proclaims is God's been good to me. He's shown me his covenantal love. He's shown me mercy. He's redeemed me. He's forgiven me. He's crowned me, not with a merit of my own, but he has crowned me with mercy. And this will be what I rejoice in all the days of my life, that he's crowned me with mercy. The Lord will satisfy you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Do you hear what the Lord is doing? What he provides is good for us. He satisfies us. He renews us. He gives us strength day in and day out so that we might not grow weary. Brothers and sisters, remember what the Lord has done for you. He saved you from your sin. He's redeemed you from the pit. He heals you. He restores you. Praise, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not his benefits. Do you have something to be thankful for this morning? Yes, absolutely. Thank him not only for what he has done. And these two things go hand in hand. It's kind of hard to separate this out, but just for the sake of our time this morning. Thank him for what he has done for you. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for his character. His benefits aren't because of who David is. And his benefits aren't because of who we are. It is because of who he is. That our hope is his character. Our hope is who he is. So brothers and sisters, forget not what he's done and don't forget who he is. And let me stop and say this. If you are not in Christ Jesus, behold who God is. See what he might do for all who have faith and trust in him, verse 6, thank him for who he is. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He has made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heaven is above the earth, So great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove his transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, this is verse 15, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it and is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. 
do you hear of who the, who the Lord is? Not only what he has done for you, but who he is. Who he is in his very character. We are told that the Lord is righteous. There is no sin in him. Everything he does is right and good. And that the Lord has justice and justice for all who are oppressed. This gives us hope that all of us who maybe are going through oppression right now, we will be set free by God himself. And this tells us that whatever God does is right and true. So in God applying all of these benefits to us by forgiving us, by saving us, by redeeming us, by crowning us, this is good and right. He has made a way for the unrighteous to be called righteous. And he has done it by sending his own son for us. He's righteous. The Lord has made his way known. The Lord reveals himself to us. He tells us exactly what he is like. And he does that with Moses. It says here that he revealed his ways to Moses. And then he goes on to this statement that the Lord is gracious. He's slow to anger and he's rich in steadfast love. This is how God reveals himself to Moses on that mountain. He's slow to anger. He's rich in love. Do you remember when God revealed this to Moses? What the people of God had just done. They had just bowed down to a golden calf. God had brought them out of Egypt. He had brought them to the mountain. He, had give, he was giving them the Ten Commandments, and they got impatient with God, and God reveals himself. God, what are you like? And perhaps after worshiping a golden calf, you would think that the God, God would say that I'm done with you. Imagine the soul music that arises we remember our sin, perhaps you're caught in sin right now, and you hear, what is God? Slow to anger. He's rich in love. He has compassion upon his children. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Verse 9. He will not always chide. Yes, God will discipline those he loves. And don't forget who this is for. This is for those who fear the Lord. This is for those who trust the Lord, those who submit to the Lord. We just talked about that in Ecclesiastes. This is who these promises are for. The Lord does not hold grudges. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. How good are you about remembering other people's sins? I've often heard it said that, I've recently heard it said, I should say, that when it comes to our, the sin of others, we're very good judges. We like to throw the book at people and tell them exactly what they have done and what they deserve for what they have done. When it comes to our own sin, we are very good defense attorneys. We have all the reasons why we did what we did and why we did not break the law. When it comes to judging others, we are very good at holding people's sin against them. Perhaps that's where you are, perhaps in a relationship right now, whether at home or work or whatever. You're, you're holding that grudge. That's not what God is like. And if we are to reflect our God, this is what he is like. And hear the invitation of this. That he's not reminding you of your past sins. He's reminding you of all that he has done for you. He's redeemed you from the pits. He does not deal with us. Look at verse 10 according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Romans chapter 5 tells us 
that sin entered the world through one man, Adam, and therefore we are all guilty, therefore we all deserve death, and what we have earned for our sin is death. If he is to deal with us according to our sins, we are dead. Think about the prodigal son who ran from his father. If the father is going to deal with him according to his sin, he is going to repay his father by becoming a servant to his father. But his father says, I forgive you. Welcome, son. Let's throw a party. He does not deal with you according to your sin. Why? Because he's slow to anger. He's rich in love. How deep is the love of God? Look at verse 11. This is what your God is like. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards him. Do you, do you hear what he's saying? That his love is boundless and his love covers us. And it's for all who fear him. Imagine this, as high as the heavens above the earth, go out tonight in the city. It's kind of hard to see sometimes, but try to touch the first star you can see in the sky. How close will you get? Not very close. It's a long way away. And he is telling us that the love of God for those who fear him is higher than that. It's greater than that from heaven to earth. This is a reason for your soul to rejoice. You see why David's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, because he loves me like that. He knows me to the depths, but he loves me to the highest because he has dealt with my sin. He is just. And he's the justifier. Oh, God is good. And there's more. For as high as the heavens are by the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards us. Look at verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. You know how far that is? Have you ever seen the east become the west? They don't touch each other ever. From the east of the west is saying, it is incalculable. He will never bring it up again. Corey Ten Boom said it like this. He has cast our sins into the bottom of the sea, and over it he's posted, no fishing. Never to bring it up again. Because he has dealt with it in the full. Count your blessings, that sin that's hanging over so, so, so much over you. It's been nailed to the cross. You bear it no more, Colossians chapter 2. It's been nailed over him, and he has carried it away. Yes, your sin is a load, isn't it? It's heavy. It's a burden. It's weighty. And he has taken that load and moved it so far away that is incalculable. The very sin, trace, and memory of our sin is gone for good. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that it was within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not his benefits. He's redeemed me. He's saved me. He's renewed me. He's satisfied me. He's blessed me. Don't forget to tell this generation of what God has done for you. As a father shows compassion to his children, verse 13. So the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He's a gentle father. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He knows who you are. This is Ecclesiastes written all over again, right? He knows you're dust. As for man, verse 15, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind passes and is gone. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Life is fleeting. He knows that about you. And his place knows it no more. But, but you are fading 
but you are secure in a forever love, a covenantal love. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. You're part of an unshakable kingdom. That when everything else shakes down, the only thing that's left standing is His kingdom. You're part of that kingdom. You're secure in that kingdom. For He's loved you with an everlasting love. An always and forever kind of love. He is not going to go back on His promises. For He has dealt with on the cross. And His righteousness to children's children, to those who keep His covenant and remember to do His commandments, the Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His kingdom rules over all. The Lord is over everything. This Lord, the righteous, the one who saves the oppressed, the one who remembers our sins no more, the one who loves us as far as the heavens is from the earth, that's how he loves us. The one who does not deal with us according to our sin, he is the one who rules over all. So final point this morning, don't you want the whole world to bless his holy name? This is what he's done for you. This is who he is. And all who fear the Lord, bless his holy name. And so David, as he returns to bless the Lord, O my soul, listen to what he says as we begin to draw this to a close. Bless the Lord, O you angels. He's over everything. You mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will, all the heavenly hosts. Bless the Lord, everything that has breath, everything that has life, Everything praise the Lord. Let this whole earth praise the Lord. Bless the Lord all his works in the places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. This becomes a prayer for us. Lord, would you use me to fill this world with your glory? Would you use me to point people to a God who is like this? The only God. Would you use me to recount the benefits of what the God has done? God, would you give me someone this week to, so that I can tell them what the Lord has done? How he's blessed me. How he's saved me. How he's redeemed me. How he's renewed me. Because all of the earth is his. And I want every knee to bow and every tongue to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's how it will be one day. But for now, all of this is true for those who fear and trust in the Lord. I want them to experience this. Maybe it's with your kids having the conversation of what God has done for you because I don't want them to forget, the next generation to forget and rise up and not know what God has done and turn away and cause total wreak havoc and destruction in their lives. So I'm going to tell my kids before I put them to bed tonight, maybe let me tell you what God has done for me and he'll do it for you. Maybe that's where it starts. Maybe it's being a reason for someone to be thankful. Maybe it's reflecting who God is. Maybe there's some sort of grudge or there's some kind of deal that's between you and your wife, husband, wife, or something like that, or someone at work or whatever it might be, family member, whatever. I'm going to tell you, I forget it. East is from the West. I'm done with it. That's what God did for me, and I want you to know that. So that they too might rejoice, that their souls might be revived and say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Brothers and sisters. Forget not what he's done. We have a lot to be thankful for. Count your blessings, name them one by one. You are forgiven, healed, redeemed, crowned, satisfied, renewed by a Lord who is righteous, just, 
who makes himself known, who is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, rich in love, doesn't hold grudges, doesn't deal with us like we deserve, nor repay us what we deserve, who loves us greatly, removes our sins completely, is fatherly in compassion, knows us to the depths, and love us to the heights. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name.